Hi and welcome. This is Hagahelia Porvo Stories, the official podcast of the Hagahelia University of Applied Sciences Porvo campus. As always, I'm Yanni Lunga, and in today's episode, we continue with the episode series on career services and job skills, and we focus on CV and cover letters. If you've listened to the last episode, I was joined by Vera Partanen of the Hagahelia Porvo Career Services, and today she's back to tell us more about everything there is to know pretty much regarding CVs and cover letters. Get some pen and paper ready because there is plenty of valuable advice that Vera shared. So without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Vera, we continue with the conversation we started a couple of episodes ago. Are you ready to talk all things CV and cover letters? <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. And I have to admit, I know CVs and cover letter may not be the most exciting topics in the world, but they are definitely very, very useful when it comes to entering the job work. In, in the latest episode, one of the things you talked about, Vera, was the importance of the mindset and the preparation for the job hunt. You did tell us that it's important to stay optimistic, to stay positive. So is it fair to say that we should also try to have a positive attitude when it comes to putting together our CV and write cover letters? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely correct there because I, I can see the struggle many times when I've been asked to comment the CVs or comment cover letters. They are, they are tricky ones to, to uh, write because usually the tip you hear to, for example, in your cover letter is be personal, try to express yourself, but still cover letter follows this kind of structure and there needs to be certain things so it is tricky. It is tricky. So positive mindset and enough of time before sending the your documents, it's, it, it will help you in this process. Yeah, actually, that's a very good point you, you made, Vera, because I think it's important that when we write something like a cover letter, or even for me, I do that when I write articles, for example, I think it's important once we are finished with the article or cover letter in our case, that we actually leave it where it is, we take a break, we do something completely different. Maybe we go out for a walk or we watch our favorite TV show or whatever, and then we come back to it with a fresh approach. I usually have found that that is kind of pretty helpful in terms of making sure that the article or the cover letter is the best it can be, because sometimes I feel we are so immersed in the writing phase that we don't have maybe we don't pay attention to certain things that once we walk away from the letter and then we come back we notice so maybe vera the first question i can ask you since you mentioned that you're often asked and it makes sense as somebody from career services you're asked to comment on cvs and cover letters maybe we can start to talk about cvs first obviously i'm sure you have seen different cases so every case is different but if we try to generalize 
what would you say are some of the most common mistakes you have seen when students have sent you CVs to look at? I don't know if it's a mistake, but it is maybe the enthusiasm and that you want to tell everything the CV. So what I see quite often is that the CV is so full of everything that it is difficult to read. You know what I mean? There is so much of content and when you have too much of content, the visual balance of the CV might be tricky. So that is something I see quite often and that's one of the most common what I usually give to students is that take something off or make it more balanced in a visual way. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense because I think you, you're right that oftentimes we think, well, I have so many hard skills, soft skills, as you and I discussed in the past episode, and I know this and I've worked there and I have this experience and I have this degree and that, and we want to write a 10-page CV and it feels super overwhelming for the people or person who are actually then receiving the CV. So what you said about keeping the visual component of a CV makes sense because I definitely, as somebody who has studied communication at both bachelor and master's level, I know the impact a CV that just by looking at it looks super full will have on a, on a person's mindset. So we want to make sure that an employer or an HR person doesn't glance at our CV and he, his or her head goes like, oh my God, I'm about to read a book and not a CV. <laughs> okay, so Vera, if we talk about the structure of a CV, I know that being from a, from a different country than Finland, I know that uh, certain countries have a bit of a different structures. Some, for example, put the education first, some put the work experience first. But if we focus on Finland and what is your area of expertise, if we try to break down a CV, basically part by part or element by element, what do you think every CV should have? Obviously, the personal information of the person or the candidate, what else? Nowadays, it's quite common that at the beginning of your CV, there is a short introduction or summarization of your status. And in this summarization, I would put the, or I would describe and tell shortly, what is my status at the moment? Am I a student? Am I part-time working or something else? why I'm applying for a job and what is my future goal or where are you heading. And the idea, what I usually emphasize here is that it gives the idea of where you are going and but also your motivation. That is something I would start with. After that, I would start with the work experience and making sure that the title is something that can be easily checked from the CV. So I wouldn't emphasize the company. I would emphasize the title of the, what, what was your title in that certain job? Okay, so the, the position basically for, let's take a summer job as, as an example, you would recommend putting emphasis on the quote unquote job title we had during our summer work. Yes, yes. Okay, so we have the personal information, a brief introduction, the 
employment or work section with a particular focus on not so much the company, but the position we held, what else should our CV have? Well, of course, this kind of introduction or telling about what was your task in those uh, positions you had and describing then again from the positive perspective. And one thing that I usually tell for students, like they might have had a couple of internship places or workplaces, what I tell them that when you tell about your tasks and duties, remember to add some action verbs like coordinating, achieved something and things like that. Another thing that I suggest is that if any possibilities, add numbers. Like give quantities, like if you organized an event, was the event for 20 people, like more intimate event, or was the event for thousand people. So it gives the employer different kind of perspective, how huge project you've been dealing with. Or if you are able to tell, for example, the budget for the event, like did you was it uh, zero, zero euros that might have lead to situation where you have to be quite creative with different solution or did you have 50,000 euros for it and you were responsible for that. So giving numbers and quantities in CV is interesting, I think. Yeah, and also the comment you made, Vera, about the action verbs, I think makes up both basically pairing the action verbs and quantity and results make a lot of sense because the example you made of the of event management was perfect because organizing an event for 20 people is completely different than organizing an event for a thousand people and same with the with the budget having to be creative because the budget is zero is much different than having a big budget and i think different employers may say ah we're looking for an event management professional but as they are reading your descriptions, they say, oh, actually, this is exactly the type of event professional we're looking at. So we're looking for somebody who has experience organizing events for, I don't know, over a hundred people or over a thousand people, or who doesn't have problems, be creative, try to come up with solutions. And what about skills? I know that we should have some skills on our CV. Do you have any advice, Vera, when it comes to those? Because I think something that may be a bit tricky is that a student can look at his skill set, especially for hard skills, and say, oh, I know 20 different things, how to use 10 different softwares. So should one try to include as much as possible under the skills list, or should they perhaps select the skills that are most suited for the position they're applying for? Yes, select the ones which are asked in the in the job advertisements. And actually, you mentioned quite important point here. And I mean that when you're applying for a job, you have to analyze the job advertisement each time and see what kind of skills and competencies and knowledge they are applying to. So there is no point of giving a huge list of all the things or programs you can use but you have to analyze and see what the employer is looking for and then emphasize those skills and competencies, what you have. And uh, one thing here is that what you have to think about is, for example, in visual CV, you might have this kind of uh, 
you have some certain skill and then you have this kind of for example scale one to five with stars <laughs> which is nice <laughs> anyway then it comes to your own subjective evaluation of the level of your skills and of course many would like to give their full five stars right right yeah <laughs> So the main thing there is to be honest with the skills level and being critical when you're evaluating it. If you have done some online test or certificates, they are quite good way of expressing the skills level. But when it comes to your own subjective evaluation, you know, then you have to be critical but honest. Yeah, you touched upon a very good point, Vera, because, yeah, as you said, if we have taken some kind of online certificate, for example, then assessing the skills is much easier. But when we are the the judges, basically, it's not always that easy to be as objective as possible. You said it, everybody would love to put the five stars <laughs> for, for each of the things they are familiar with. And you talked about Visual CV, Vera, and I will ask you a question about that. Before I do that, though, I want to ask you still about what should be included in the CV. What about the quote-unquote other section? So, for example, I know something that is, well, other skills, obviously, we have languages, but I think in the other section, sometimes people add the fact that they have a certain driving license type or if they have done some volunteer work. Do you think, number one, it's a good idea to have the other section in the CV? And if so... Do you have any suggestion of what kind of information can be added there? Well, yeah, definitely I would add this kind of other things. It gives, again, the picture of you can describe yourself more, what kind of person you are. For example, hobbies, I think it's quite basic thing to add in CV, especially when you don't have this kind of long history, professional history then you can express your activities and uh, interests in other section. But also, if you have done some volunteering, that is also interesting. That would be in other sections also. And uh, yeah, definitely, I would add it and think about what kind of value it gives you in the, in, in the CV and in the job hunting. Nice. Very good. Thank you, Vera, for clarifying that for us. So, a couple of times you mentioned the term visual CV. So, I would dare to say that when you're talking about visual CV, you aren't necessarily talking about a CV that has nothing by text, but you're talking about something that it's more organized and more compelling from a visual standpoint. Am I correct? Yes. yes. Okay. And do you happen to have any advice? Obviously, that's a bit of a more maybe complicated area in a way, especially to discuss only via audio here. But do you have any advice or do you have any platform or something like that that you could mention that students can look at to create their CV there and make it more visually appealing? Online, you can find plenty of places and... Uh platforms where you can make your CV more visual. For example, Canva or Etsy.com, Europas. These are quite basic and nice programs with which you can do the more, more visual CV. And one tip there is that when you make your visual CV and you add components there, 
like well actually two tips the first tip is think about the coloring you don't want to mix red and green because it might be tricky to read <laughs> and a bit restless for the eyes to look at but also when you're preparing your cv on your laptop for for example remember to zoom out sometimes because then you might it might look different and it might be top heavy or everything is on the left hand side or something like that so yeah my basic tricks for checking your visual cv balance <laughs> I, I like that. Thank you also for mentioning a couple of platforms. I am a big fan of Canva. I use it myself in case you're listening to Vera and I and you've never heard of Canva before. Check it out. The spelling is C-A-N-V-A. So canva.com. And Vera, I just realized I was about to forget an important question to ask you about the CV before we move to the cover letter. And it has to do with the with the photo or or the headshot. Number one, do you recommend having that on the CV or not really? Well, some recruiter says that it's not mandatory, but I would put it. Getting a nice professional picture, I would definitely add it on CV. I think it's quite common to nowadays to add it. Okay, so perfect you said that because if you if you were gonna tell me no not really then my follow-up question wouldn't have applied and the follow-up question is do you have any advice for having a nice basically a picture that looks professional do you have a couple of tips i mean i know that for sure a tip would be to have a neutral background or a pretty normal background yes normal background and then thinking about the light, of course, like you don't want the light to come from the back of your head because it blurs your face. I would emphasize the positive mindset here, keeping a smile in the picture. And maybe maybe you can think about also if you want to dress professional, like not putting on your hoodie, but, you know, something more professional. Yeah, yeah, that's a, I think that the, let's use the term dress code makes a lot of sense, especially if you want to work in a space where the dress code matters or is more emphasized than others, then already presenting yourself in your CV with a, with a picture that reflects that dress code, I think it's definitely one step forward. Okay, Vera, before we move to the cover letter, I wanted to ask you if there is anything you want to add about the CV or if you feel that you have covered pretty much all of the, the key components. Well, like we talked about earlier, like keeping the balance good in your CV and making sure that your contact information is easy to find in your CV. It's funny thing how this basic thing, you might forgot to add them or something like that. That, that happens. That really happens sometimes. Take care of that. Okay. Actually then, Vera, before we talk cover letters, what should we have in our contact information? What are, let's say, the key things we should have there other, obviously, than our first and last name? Yeah, first and last name. I would put the location. I, I know that people are hesitant to give their addresses, but at least you can tell the city you are living in. And, uh, well, if you're an international student, I would tell the nationality because I, I find it interesting. Email, phone number, Skype things like that. And if you want to add, you can put your social media and LinkedIn definitely would be good to add. 
And if you happen to have online portfolio, that might be also a good place to put it link to the online port portfolio. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Vera, for, for sharing that with us and for mentioning the online portfolio. I, I know the cover letter is just there around the corner for us, but some interesting things keep coming up and I think it does make sense for us to take a moment to cover them. You mentioned a portfolio, Vera. Do you want to take a moment to discuss that? Meaning, when do you think having a portfolio is a good idea and yeah how should we go about it what should we have in our portfolio if we have one i think portfolio is nice way to for example a student to document all the things you have done during your studies for example people who are dealing with ict and coding and uh, virtual reality and all that i think they produce quite a lot of interesting content and it might be like if you can put it online and then you can express it to employer quite quickly, like this is the things I've done and you can check this and or you can check these web pages or videos or programs and this is what I'm capable of doing. But also, for example, in event management, again, it is interesting. You can take pictures, you can write blogs or you can video some activities and all that. So keeping a diary and uh, documenting all the interesting projects you've taken part is one way of putting a, a online portfolio. And again, you can find very good examples online if you just take a minute and Google it. Great. Thank you. And, and I, I'm sure that people listening to you and I may have already seen examples of online portfolios. They may not have one themselves, but I think this interview will definitely make them consider it for, for their, or to pair it with their CV. Now, Vera, it's finally time to talk about cover letter. <laughs> so I think the first question I have to ask you to basically clarify that from a strategic standpoint is when it comes to applying for a job, any job really, what is the role of the cover letter within the application basically why should applicants have a cover letter the main idea of the cover letter is to get you in the interview <laughs> <laughs> that's the main point of it there is no point of writing a cover letter where you tell all the same things as you already have in cv and that's also i understand that is easy thing to do and when you start putting up these job hunting documents, you start thinking about, okay, I have done this and I have done that. And then you tell it in the CV and cover letter, but no, try to avoid that. Try to put, uh, put your story and your motivation and your goals in the cover letter. Terrific. Thank you, Vera. So cover letter, we want to get the, the interview. You said, let's put what we haven't put in our CV. It can be our story. It can be some other things. Do you have any any advice on how the cover letter should should be structured? Do you think there are certain elements that we should have in each cover letter? Maybe something that it should be included toward the beginning of the cover letter, something toward the end? Well, yeah, I yes, definitely. There are some structure. Of course, you can be... Uh, somewhat creative with that but I would I would say that that 
at the very beginning of the cover letter, you would you should get straight to the point. Like uh, if I give an example, you probably might might not want to start with "Hello, I am this age student in da 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 da," but you might want to start with more interesting and outstanding way of "Hey." I am the professional you're looking for in this position and I am a good candidate because of and then you go straight to the point and tell why you should be why you should why the recruiter should continue reading your cover letter. So to start really by making a very good impression with the first sentence or the first word of the cover letter. Yes, exactly. And then I would continue with describing your skills and things you have done. And like we talked about before, like using action verbs again and maybe quantities you can add in the in the cover letter. But also one thing is that you might want to add keywords and key skills in the cover letter also, because recruiters and HR people, they don't use <laughs> that many seconds reading your cover letter. So again, the main point and the main skills and main aspects should be finding the cover letter quite quickly and quite easily. And when it comes to finding specific skills, specific elements in the cover letter quickly, would you recommend using formatting to do that? So for example, make certain skills or certain keywords bold, or do you feel that every word of the cover letter should have the same formatting? I think you can use uh, highlighting if you want to, but, you know, remember to be, uh, maybe tone it down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't want 90% of your cover letter words to be bolded. That's for sure. Yes, exactly. And what about the company values or the company missions? I mean, I would, uh, I, I would think that most of the people who apply for a position, they familiarize themselves with the company, what the company does, and maybe the company has a specific philosophy or a specific, I don't know, motto or sentence or something like that. Do you feel that it would be a good idea to include that in the cover letter if possible, or you feel that that's maybe something that doesn't really make much of a difference? Well, it is good that you have done your homework beforehand. Like you have to find uh, information about the company you're applying to and uh, express that you are you agree with the values and goals and things the company does. So yeah, if you can put it in a nice way, because if you over highlight it, it might seem, uh, how do you say it? Basically, that is not really you, but you're just saying it just to make them happy. Exactly. Exactly. But one thing, now that you talk about it, I've heard that from one recruiter that they have this kind of, with their company, they have the visual outlook of their company. They have certain colors, they have cer- certain font in their uh, logo. And she said that one applicant used the color and the font quite similar way in the in the application documents in CV and in the cover letter. And she said that they really stood out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they are basically aligned with their brand or at least closer to the brand compared to maybe standard fonts or no colors or the basic colors that other applicants may have used. Exactly. And I, I thought that was 
quite clever, quite clever. But um, yeah, yeah, I th I think I think so too because it it definitely speaks to the company. First of all, it shows that oh, this person not only has done his or her research, but also has an eye for those details and basically incorporating those details into the way he or she communicates in this case through a CV or a, or a cover letter. So I think that's actually a nice example you shared. So thank you for that, Vera. Mm -hmm. And so as we are approaching the end of the interview, is there something you feel that it's important to discuss when it comes to CVs and cover letters, maybe something that we haven't talked about at all or something that we have covered but you want to emphasize once again? Well, yeah, actually one thing comes to my mind is that students at the beginning of their career, they might have had quite, you know, versatile background of doing uh, different kind of things and different kind of jobs during summer or internships. Uh, so they might be in a situation where, where they have professional experience, but then they might have this uh, part-time job in grocery store or whatever. And uh, sometimes people might think that I don't want to tell it, that I have had, for example, some certain part-time part job. But what I would do is that I would encourage people to tell all the things they have done and put it in a positive light because even though it doesn't the uh, part-time job might necessarily contribute to your professional career but it again shows that you are uh, motivated to work that you're flexible so you can combine your studies and work and that you are work oriented different things you have learned even though it wasn't your professional job but something completely different. You can still tell that, okay, it wasn't the thing I studied, but you can tell that you have learned plenty of different things there. For example, the soft skills again, teamwork, self-leadership, communication, all these kind of things. Yeah, you, you raise a very good point, Vera. I think it's important to look at, let's say, a summer job we had or something like that from many different angles, because like you said, working part-time in a supermarket or let's say selling ice cream at first we may think to ourselves well those jobs aren't really in line with the career i want to have or the field i want to work in but if we look at them closely thinking about soft skills for example we may say oh well true i was working part-time but from a soft skill perspective this is what that experience taught me or these are the skills I acquired when it comes to selling ice cream for example you could say well true I was selling ice cream but actually since I live in a town or a city where there is plenty of tourists in the summertime I had to speak I don't know English German Russian whatever so that shows that ah this person actually knows how to communicate with potential customers in whatever the language is. So I do think that it's definitely important to look at past experiences you have had in a, in a strategic way, because as you said, Vera, they can anyways tell a lot or add to your overall presentation to potential employers. Exactly. And those are important at the beginning of your career. 
and when you have different places more in the in the future then is the time to le left out these places in the cv but at the beginning they are important yeah yeah absolutely especially if maybe those are the quote-unquote only work experiences you have had so far you said it vera they show that somebody is really into getting his or her hands dirty and is work oriented and wants to to work hard so vera thank you so much for being back here on the podcast for telling us more about cvs cover letters do you have any final tip any final words of encouragement for everybody who has been with here with you and i today i would encourage hagahelia students if they need help with uh, with uh, or they want comments with their CVs and cover letters or LinkedIn, they are welcome to contact career and recruitment services anytime. And what is the best way for them to do that, Vera? You can find us in uh, MyNet, so online. We are back. A big thank you to Vera Partanen. If this is the first episode you've listened to, I would highly recommend you actually go back and listen to the previous episode because Vera and I talked about skills and skills are closely related to your CV as well as your cover letter. So if you are putting together a CV and cover letter and you're wondering how to approach your overall skill set, then go back and listen to the last episode of Hagahelia Porvo Stories. In the next episode, the next chapter of this episode series, we're going to shift the focus on a platform that is probably the number one platform, definitely the number one social media when it comes to your professional career. And I'm talking about LinkedIn. So if you're curious to learn more about LinkedIn, why you need it, how to optimize your profile, what to include in your profile and so forth, Make sure to subscribe to the show, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever other app you're using. Click that subscribe button and come back for the next episode to learn more about the LinkedIn world.